0: You for listening to this message from the North Gate. So, in this, I want to talk to you about friendship. The Bible says there's no greater love than a man lay down his life for his friend. Kids, what are we talking about tonight? Say friendship. friendship. Say friendship. friendship. We're talking about friendship. One of the probably biggest manipulations in your life is who you call friend. Yeah. Probably one of the biggest manipulation. Other than using the word I love you to somebody, the word friendship is probably one of the most strongest words that you'll ever use in your life. Well, what word are we talking about? Friendship. See, this is like Sesame Street. You know what I'm saying? Let me see if the adults can do it. What are we talking about tonight? Friendship. You've got people that you call friend that are nothing more than a relationship. And a relationship and a friendship are not the same thing. And we keep tagging them as the same thing. And relationships actually start stealing your dreams where friendships will fuel your dreams. The Bible says that there's no love greater, no love on the planet, kids hear me, no love on the planet bigger than the love of a man that lays down his life for a friend. And literally relationships will begin to steal, if you don't watch, your identity not your friendships, and definitely not your covenant family. Covenant family will bring increase to your sonship because you're now running with sons rather than acquaintances. You're running with sons rather than acquaintances. And so we have to realize that relationships and friendships are not the same thing. We have to begin to realize the depth of no greater love. Then a man lay down his life. Does not say what's in it for me. What's in it for me is relationship. What's in it for me will break your heart. What's in it for me will stab you in the back. What's in it for me is ambitious. Quit calling relationships friendships and don't you ever think that a relationship is kingdom family. But every relationship can become a friendship and every friendship can morph into covenant family relationships if we see one thing and it's no greater love than a man laid down his life for a friend. And so if you read them, they put up uh, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, ones first. A dear friend, say friend. A dear, can you guys read? Who can read over here? Who can read out here? <laughs> You liars! No, Jesus. <laughs> a dear friend, y'all see it up here on the screen? A dear friend, say friend. friend. A dear friend will love you no matter what. And a family, there's a distinction of two things here. They are literally talking about a narrative of something that is not the same in this proverb. A friendship will love you no matter what, which means they'll be patient and kind with who you really are when you screw up. But there could be a moment where the patience and kindness runs out and that's when you realize who's family because a family will stick with you no matter what. Through all kinds of trouble, family covenant will stick with you. Covenant will get on the ground and grovel with you and crawl with you and kick with you because when you get knocked down, a righteous man gets up seven times. But the only way somebody can get up, say, get up. Yeah. say get up say yeah. get, up. Get, up. get up I was a children's pastor before I was a youth pastor there was no kid that I taught that would ever focus on anything other than the room than me because I would come here and get in proximity and I want to preach it I'd lay hands on them and I'd back up and guess what I did I got all of their attention but you're not allowed to touch anybody you touch anybody I'll stick you in the corner I'll stick you in the corner I'm gonna stick you in the corner I'm gonna stick you in the corner All right, go stand by Miss Steph, because I don't play. One thing about Pastor Jimmy, he don't lie. I don't lie to my kids. He thought I was playing. You got to learn when to play and not to play. So understand this. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? Can you read? Can you read? All right, so it's easily read here. A dear friend will love you no matter what. Okay, but a family, a family will walk through hell with you. Not a friend. A friend that becomes family will walk through hell with you. Now go with me over to Ecclesiastes. All these all these awesome scriptures came from Amaris. You know why? Because she started off her sermon with talking about her friends. And one of the things that she said in her language that made it easy for me to tag team with Amaris on this preaching was she said, some of my friends hurt me. Some of my friends stabbed me in the back. And it gave me a good opportunity to look at her and say, those aren't your friends. And some of you are still in relationship with some people that you've given the title friendship and they steal from you the authenticity of sonship and you can't conquer, rebuild, and restore because you don't know who you are because they're not willing to pick you up when you get knocked down. They're not willing to be patient and kind with you and they're not willing to stick with you like a family member through anything. I don't need your words. I need you to show me. I don't need your words. I need you to show. I don't need your words. Brother, I got your back. I need to see that you have my back. One of the things that we can tell children, we could tell teenagers in this room, how many of you have more than three friends that you hang out with on a weekly basis? Not a monthly basis, a weekly basis that you went to high school with. Who here can say, I hang out with three or more people I went to high school with? Teenagers, stand up. Look around. Look around. You thought I was lying to you. You thought I was lying to you. So all those relations look at no adult in this room hangs out with 3 or more how about 2 how about on a weekly basis cuz listen I see you weekly you're my friends i monthly anybody can anybody say monthly dude, I'm going to kick them out and I'm going to start teaching you guys. You're awesome. You are, do you see the obedience? Some of y'all like, my kid ain't obedient. You crazy. You're crazy. Some of y'all don't know who your kids are. Set them in the right environment and they are obedient. You know why they're obedient? Because they're in my order right now. Oh, I just stepped on somebody's toes. So listen to me, one guy in the whole room, one guy in this whole room hangs out with somebody who went to high school on a monthly basis. That's three or two people. What about one person, weekly, anybody? One person, we've got one, two, three, well, because y'all, but hey, but you're gonna realize something. You're gonna realize something. They're on the same path and we gotta quit getting duped We got to quit getting duped into what a relationship is versus what a friendship is. You got Ecclesiastes up there for me? Don't preach out of this much. But watch, two are better than one because they have a good reward to their labor. Two are better than one. God wants you to connect with somebody that's on the same path as you and he doesn't want it to just be at relationship. A relationship is this, a connection, a association, or an involvement. A connection, an association, or an involvement. That is not a friendship, that's a relationship. That is not a family member, that's a relationship. That's somebody you know of, but you don't know intimately. That's somebody you know of, but you don't know intimately. Listen, you could be at a job, adults, listen to me. Where's my Nate? Come here, Nate. Nate was my example. The other day, I'm gonna make him be my example today. He don't like to be the center of attention either, but you're the center of attention right now. Now, listen, me and Nate, we work together. We go to school together. If we're teenagers, we go to school together. If we're adults, we go to work together. That puts us in a relationship. Why? Because we're in the same place at the same time, but it does not mean we're going the same directions. Quit being confused with being in the same place at the same time. We have an entire school system and literally are being indoctrinated that your friendship is somebody that you're in the same place with every single day and it's not true. That's a relationship, not a friendship. And at the end of the day, how do you know who your friends are? You know who your friends are because they love you unconditionally. They're patient with you. They're not snippy with you. They're not critical with you. They're not sarcastic with you. But listen, we start calling people friends and even call them family. Get on a sporting team. And because we all put our hands in the middle in the same place at the same time and listen out of control, say, hey, we're a family. No, we're not. We're in relationships. Because we're in the same place at the same time, but you gotta start hearing the language and the heart of somebody to see if they're going in the same direction. One of the easiest things I said to the kids, I said, it's crazy that literally on Highway 14 or we call it 271, or we call it 77. Every single day, people are passing each other. And literally, there comes a point in time where they're going different directions for different reasons, but there's a moment in time where they're at the same place at the same time in a parallel access point, but they're not in friendship. They're just in the same place going in absolutely different directions. How do I find out who my friends are? I need to find the Jesus in them the first thing friendship said is that it's love which means it's patient and kind can I see the love of Christ I'm not asking what their personality is like that is not what friendship is it's not about personalities can you see Jesus in them if not then at some point just because you're in two cars in the same place at the same time eventually you're going to be going in two separate directions so right now for high school kids they're in school eight hours a day same place same time but if you find the love of jesus in them that at some point you're going to go in different directions and when you go in different directions they're going to stab you in the back they're going to talk about you they're going to reject you they're going to be sarcastic about you how do we protect ourselves stop calling them friends it's just an acquaintance it's just a relationship and these kids Will get mad at you guys over what phone they got, over what shoes they wear, over their hairstyle, over the car they drive, over the. I told them, I said, literally, you start being ashamed of the house you live in, the car your parents drive, over an acquaintance relationship. We have got to teach our kids who their friends say. Friendship, friendship. say family. family. You got to start teaching kids. Who their friendships are and who their family is. And I'm telling everybody in the room, man, you need to stop getting in circles. If they're talking about everybody else in a circle with you, then they're talking about you and you ain't in the circle. You gotta hear what I'm saying. You gotta hear what I'm saying. You gotta hear what I'm saying. Go ahead and sit down, Nate. I'm almost done, and I'm gonna lead this in the mic. We covered relationship real easy, right? The guy slowed down. Two, zero, one, zero, zero. You don't remember what it is. I was wrong. Two, two, zero, one, zero, zero. There we are. Everybody in this room longs for friendship. You long for connectability. You know what a friendship is? A friendship isn't a person or an attachment to another by feelings of affection. Watch. Personal regard. One who gives assistance to someone. Do you know what is not a friendship? When you give everything and they give nothing. Does that mean I should lock myself up? That does not. That means you should be generous as all get out, but you better pay close attention of who honors back. You better play close attention of who gives back. And it may not be the watch. I told the teenagers this. Stop making it the one that you want to be connected to and connect yourself to the one that God is pointing you to. Stop stop wanting to be her, wanting to be him, wanting to be with this crowd, wanting to be with that crowd. Who gives back to you when you pour out? And here's the one thing. Are you pouring out? Are you consistent? This will talk about how you are as a friend. Don't always be the person that points to everybody else. Nobody wants to be my friend. What giving have you done? No greater love than a man give his life for a friend. What of your life are you, what times, resource, and effort are you willing to give to somebody else? That's how you know you step from relationship. Relationship is what? An acquaintance. We're in the same place at the same time, but do we want the same things? We're in the same place at the same time, but do we want the same things? Why am I walking around this room? Because you need to see the conviction in my eyes. Are we just in the same place and we're about to separate because we can't give time, resources, and effort into one another? Are we just in the same place for a moment? Or are we forming real family covenant friendships? The biggest enemy of your dreams is the phrase, what's in it for me? The biggest enemy to your dream is the selfish insecurity, what's in it for me? And when you can find people that it ain't what's in it for me, and they're trying to add value to you and you start adding value to them you start looking like the throne of heaven you start looking like the sons the elders, the angels the seraphim, do you know why there's so much fire in heaven? because when one angel receives fire they get so excited about the fire that they receive from the love of Abba, they turn around and throw it at another seraphim and up in heaven right now in the throne of God angels are worshiping God and encouraging one another and I'm telling you how you know you found a friend is when they encourage your dreams and they get you pumped up how do you know it's a friend when you ain't got to beg to be with them but sometimes the person you want to be with you got to ask yourself did I throw fire at them or am I just sitting over here waiting for them to throw fire at me Don't get into this self-pity thing. Brother, you ain't, no, no, no. What fire have you thrown? What encouragement have you thrown? What high five, what text message, what phone call? What showed up when you didn't think they were gonna show up? What fire have you thrown? What fire have you thrown? Do things for your friends. Kids, look at me, say this. Say, do Do things things for for your friends. That's right. Brother, you pumped me up today, singing do he encouraged me he threw fire at me I'm sitting here praying for Curtis I'm knelt down and all of a sudden he don't know all the words I'm telling you some of y'all gotta get worship like that boy he didn't know half the words that he was singing but brother he had the melody down some of y'all sing secular music like that and that's horrible you're so willing to try to sound like Luke Combs and Chris Stapleton, you can at least try to sound like us for Jesus. You know, what I'm, saying? I'm not even as good as Luke Combs. You can hum a little something like Jimmy Lovejoy, and probably sound better than me. Tina, I don't think so. Me? You can match my... Oh, 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 oh. Listen, all I know is there's a little dude behind me about five years old, and I'm going, oh, my life, you have been... I, feel, I sound like Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my life, you have been so... Oh, little man's going, hey, I can sing like that. You don't sound like anything in the radio in my grandma's car. I can sing like you, Jack. <laughs> but you got to understand that stirred something in my inner world, which means I can dream with this guy. I can, I can create something with this guy. And if I find friendship, you know what else I can find? I can find Covenant. Quit calling people family. I'm not calling you family unless you look like this. I'll call you friend because we can encourage one another and we got some emotional ties, and a friend will love me unconditionally. I think there's a lot of friendships in this room. I think we got to fix what we call covenant family. Because covenant family means from death, do we part for rich or for poor? This is the biggest struggle in church attendance. You ready? This is the biggest struggle in church attendance in America. Sickness and in health. <coughs> I, know you, I, know you, I know you planned a sermon. I know you got some worship going on, but I, I got sniffles and there was COVID two years ago. No, oh, come on, man. Here's what I know. I'm in covenant with my kids. So when they puke in the bed, I got to go clean it up. You know what I don't do? Leave them by their lonesome and say, clean up your mess yourself. Family don't do that. Family doesn't turn around and say, clean your own mess up. Family, come on, come on, come on, come on. Family doesn't say, clean your own mess up. Yeah, man. And if we have a degree of family that we're born into, what happens to the degree of family that we're born again into? But for us to get to the place of family, we have to come into the place of relationship that gets odd and gets weird because now you have to meet people that may not be like you. And now your dreams, guess what? Are not found in your simple world of all the people that you live in that simple world with just a handful of people, my four, no more. You'll die there in the place of your dreams being in your head and not in your hands. If a mason don't connect to a framer and a framer don't connect to a drywaller and a drywaller don't connect to a finisher and a finisher don't connect to a floor and a floor don't connect to a plumber and a those none of those guys connect to a painter, you'll never get a house and you'll never have a family. Quit being isolated in relationships and saying, I'm good right here. You'll die wishing you could touch your dreams. Yeah, man. covenant I need covenant I need covenant in this house I don't need to be in the same place at the same time I need to go beyond that I need to go the same direction raising these babies stop letting them call people friends or family we don't do it so much here but we allow it to become a trap here my kid looked at me and said that's my best friend they don't love Jesus I'd be like you're wrong At some point, they're gonna stab you in the back. Does that mean you only hang out with believers? No, Jesus told his 12 disciples, you introduce them to the way you live life. And if they don't agree with the way you live life, you dust your feet off and you go find somebody else to bring the good news of the gospel to of the way I live my life. And if you don't agree with how I live my life, because at some point, if they don't agree with how you live your life in that relationship, they're gonna talk you out of the life that you live. And if they can talk you out of the life that you live for God, they've talked you out of your dreams. If they can talk you out of God, they can talk you out of your dreams because your dreams are found in sonship with him. And all my friendships should point to sonship. And all of my friendships have a place where they can become family. And that's where my dreams can come, where I can rebuild inside of covenant because now we can come in agreement we can find a promise covenant is an agreement a promise i got you got to see it when i said yes to her it wasn't just so we could make kids and have a baby and have a home and that's my life do you think that's it i didn't marry her to have a roommate i married her to make dreams i didn't marry her to argue the rest of my life about what we don't have Because there's something through covenant That we can access together That's why the fire you actually throw is honor And if I can't shower her with honor Then I should have probably never got married Correct. Because 50% of Jimmy and 50% of Tina Doesn't make 100% marriage And you think in finding somebody Is going to make the wholeness What makes the wholeness is love No greater love than a friend What good's marriage if it ain't got friendship Y'all tracking with me? So in my covenant, we should always be in agreement. And if we're not in agreement, we should find agreement. If we're not in agreement, I should find agreement. And If I can't find agreement, then I bring somebody who breathes a different air to help us find agreement. Instead of listening in, living in disagreement any more than we should. And I'm telling you, if that's two days, it's two days too long. It's two days going to bed without saying I love you, sleeping on different couches, sleeping in different rooms, not making the life that we should make together that God has given us in a state of promise because the word of covenant is an agreement, a promise that is between two or watch, even more people. So once I came in covenant with her, I now became in covenant with her when we gave birth to her, but now I came in covenant with him. And we became in covenant with her And we became in covenant with them Now this is where we get all messed up That's your job as the pastor To fill the house No it's not It's for them to find people That they're on the same path with Evangelism is not about titles It's about the love of Jesus And if the love of Jesus Has made me see a new me And make me find a new friend That becomes my family Then I need that to spread across the world Yes Come on Why do we keep seeing church split after church split? Because we don't want a family. We just want relationships, which is popularity. And popularity always goes in different directions. Because one person will go with the popular view. Quit teaching your kids in public school to be popular. At some point popularity is going to ruin their identity. You know how I know that? Because every adult in this room, you wanted popularity in high school and where did it get you misidentified? Get true with yourself. This is why I got to quit giving people a voice to me. I have to quit allowing anybody to just speak into my world because we're in the same place at the same time. Because at the end, God wants me to run with a family. Put the scripture text back there of Proverbs of what a family is. God wants me to find somebody that will stick with me through all kinds of hell. I didn't say they gotta be a perfect person because the first part is, we gotta become friends before we become family. You know how you can figure out, listen, before she became family, she had to become a friend. And for her to become a friend, patience and kindness, you got to love a friend. Friends sometimes ain't easy to love. Sometimes friends gets on your nerves, but you couldn't imagine living life without them. And the moment I realized I can't live life without you, that's who I find out who my friends are. Kids, friends, friends is who you can't live without. Family will help you realize you're who you are. There are social units that watch that consists of one or more person, whether it's young or old, and family has one agenda. You know what that one agenda is of a family? They care for one another. They care for one another. So Big Mike's gonna talk to you on how to rebuild, we work and restore. What What are you rebuilding? The Bible said ancient paths, ancient ways. Do you know what you're really rebuilding? The dreams that somebody in your family gave up on. You are like somebody in your family history. That couldn't believe that they are good enough, big enough, smart enough, wealthy enough. Who they are. And so they gave up. And I'm not here to give up. I'm here to slay Goliath so I can get my family inheritance. I'm not here to give up. I'm here to actually show a better way to the next generation. I'm not here to give up so that these kids over here have to start over. We have to push through and not strive. We've got to believe. We got to believe the Red Sea can split. We got to believe the walls of Jericho can come down. And we have to even believe the Goliath that has taunted you of who you are and who your family name is has to come to an end. The insecurities, the anxiety, the depression, the unforgiveness, the hate, the racism, the poverty, it all has to come to an end. So you can reign as a king. So you can reign as a king. So you can reign as a king. Tag, you're in.
1: He reminded me of, uh, of my elementary school past. I feel like Chunk and Goonies right now. When the bad guys got him, he's like, get all started. Tell me everything, Chunky boy. It all started in third grade. All relationships are centered on identity. And to whatever degree that your relationships are not healthy, it's all anchored under the dimension that you really don't believe who you are. So, back in third grade, maybe fourth, I miss Hodas and she was mean. She had a paddle, hugely legit. You guys don't know about that. She'll bring it back. She'll bring it back, yeah. She sat there like a fly swat, like back in it, hit it. Thompson, sit oh, like a gym teacher, I'll break her neck. She was short and had like Popeye forearms, man. She might be watching. Right? She might be watching. I bless you, Miss Otis. Some of you, she was getting a mess with her. She might even have the anchor tattoo right there. In all seriousness, though, all relationships are an identity. And I can could, I could remember like third and fourth grade, there was a moment where I literally had about every kid in the schoolyard. I don't remember what I did but I was a rascal so I had a little mullet and I was a little fat kid. And I'd, sometimes I pushed people around. I don't know what I, what I did but the entire, my entire grade surrounded me. I'm not kidding. And they started shoving me and my best friend Jeff Goff and that's how unpopular we were. Like I got up and just did like the fat kid shove and started nailing him on the ground and more kept coming and I like ah! And then we all got in trouble. And, uh, but I was not popular in elementary school at all not all. And and literally, I wanted to be, I was like wanting friends. I was needy about it. You know what I'm talking about? Come on, come on. It's, it, it was like, literally like, like, it was like everything I told in school, like, Oh, they're not going to like me this. I got to have mom. I got to have Reeboks or Nike. So they're going to make fun of me. And like all this stupid stuff. Did I get to fifth grade? I started playing sports. The guy a little better. And I'm, I'm like, whatever I get to seventh grade. I'm like, I don't care. I, I just got a confidence either. I'm not worried about it. Either people are going to like me or they're not. Come on, come on. Do you know, like when I hit middle school, I, I had people come and invite me to parties and just, you know, they weren't real parties like back then. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Square gun parties, sixth grade. Up. Way to cover it up. <laughs> <laughs> but like, man, like literally, dude, I when I just didn't care, like my identity didn't need, I wasn't needy. Literally, I, I became popular like in a minute, like overnight. It was like, what? You want to invite me? Okay, I don't know if I like you. Okay, you being real? All right. But literally, it, it, it was. and I never had to, to this day, I've never had a job I didn't get along with people, ever. Every time I went somewhere. And so, if, if this is all centered in identity, we have problems in relationships because there's attention tension makes us question ourselves. <coughs> and the people close to this, as he says, we, we know, we use that term, throw a fire. Like the the living creatures, the holy, and it's like we're throwing fire at each other to reinforce that. I don't even know what that's like anymore. To have someone dog me, not believe in me. There's times of tensions I've had in my marriage, but we're we're past that to where I don't sit there and go, oh, you don't know who I am. You know, like I don't that whiny baby crap doesn't why? Because I'm learning more who I am. You know what I mean? I, like, a lot of people know that Jen's, like, goofy and giggling. She's got the, <laughs> you know what I mean? She's probably listening to this, like, laughing. But she, but a lot of people don't know. She's one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. She's not rocket science smart, but she's so sharp and snappy. And I'm like, babe, I don't know what's doing. She'll come on the computer. To, she can have three conversations and be on two different calls at work and two hands going on two monitors. She's one of the most, like, effective people, and and constantly, I'm always like, babe, you're, you're one of the smartest people. You really think so? Yes. I told you that a hundred times. Why do you think they always try to promote you? You're the one that takes yourself out of the picture. You know what I'm saying? So every issue we have in relationship comes down to, at the root of it all, is identity. And if the more you realize that you're a king, that you're a priest, that you're no longer a pauper, I don't care what your background or what your mama did to you, you're, you're actually, he'll take you and seat you as a prince. It gets easier and easier and easier. Why? Because you're not questioning yourself. And every time there's tension, because there's still tension, you know, who's cleaning up this or what's doing, what's going on here? That doesn't shake your identity. You just said, okay, how can we fix it? How can we get it done? And you're not like, oh, I'm falling apart. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, seriously, if you actually don't believe who you are, everything's going to suck. Cause it all comes down to that when you and I'm not telling you to be careless with people. There's a big difference between being careless and carefree. Be carefree, don't put out any stress like, do they like me? Do they sit there? And they didn't respond to my text in five minutes. Who freaking cares? Go about your day, they text you back because you'll sit there and look at your phone. And looking, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is there, are you sure? I found a little weird. Not like, no, like, freaking shut up, like, just freaking maybe. Some you know, I I check my phone sometimes, but I'm doing something else, so I forget that I got text. Anyone else ever do that? Yeah, so sometimes I don't respond. It's not because I even meant to, just I looked at it when I didn't have a minute and I forgot to respond to it. So, listen, we get so crazy with this, but you, we, it's I know you heard a thousand times, you have to literally be know who you are. And I'm walking to more confidence like today, even this last few weeks, this last year, but especially this last few weeks. There's things coming alive in me that I'm starting to see in myself that like I never saw in myself. And things coming alive in a way I'm thinking, but man, as I was praying for tonight, like I, I remember I heard this like about a year ago, but it kept coming back when I was praying yesterday for tonight. And there's three words that he mentioned. The first is rebuild, the second is rework, and the third is restore. So I went and kind of looked these up to kind of give a little context. I want to be official. To, to rebuild means to build something again after it's been damaged or destroyed. Now, we could do this with cities, but we could do it with marriages. So some of y'all think it's too late. I just think it's time to rebuild. Why? It's been damaged. It's irre- it, no, 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 no. It's not over. It just needs rebuilt. Amen? To rework means to revise or rewrite, to, to work or form again, to reprocess or to make changes in order to make them more effective Suitable or accurate a particular purpose. How many of you ever try to fix something in your marriage or life or finances and it didn't quite work out? The plan didn't work out like you thought it did. How many, you know what you do? Do you give up and say it's never going to happen? How many you've done that with diets? I did keto. I'm going to go to here. And I'm going to do carnivore now, or I'm going to go Mediterranean. Whatever the next thing is, right? Listen, it's the thing is, it's not. Listen, if it doesn't work, you just rework it. Do I need to be like more consistent with it you just look at it or is this this doesn't work for us. So let me change, let's make this adjustment and let's continue. why? Because we act like okay, we, we answer the altar call. it's going to be great and you get the big smile on your face and you're good for Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. and Thursday it comes around and you're like, oh. I mean you know what I'm talking about. The buzz wears off. The church buzz. That's why that's listen, that's serious. The entire, the entire, yes, the camp bus. Like, you're not, listen, every single day is not going to be with 300 other kids going crazy. For, I wish it was. I'd be in the middle of it. But every, but the reality of it is the daily grind, it's not going to happen. But you can have as much as you could have right then. An apostle says you could have as much as him as, as much as you want, right? So to restore means to bring back or reinstate. To return someone or something to a former condition or place or position to repair or renovate as a return to its original condition or what a would say original tent. There's grace, I believe, in this season we're in, is Brent came in and said, here's what, here's the game plan. He got the board up and, it, and he was speaking big pictures, the church a whole, but I but it's a blueprint for us. Why? Because he said first you go to wholeness. The anointing breaks breaks us through to get into wholeness. And then what? You start reforming culture. Yeah? And so when we start entering wholeness, we've been on this thing with finances and here we're going into health. There's like this whole thing's about wholeness. And what's weird is everyone keeps saying with the finance classes, it's different this time. Yeah, it feels like that, doesn't it? There's like a fresh wind of grace because Uncle Brink came in and released this to us and we're like, yeah, I see that. I see the fruit of it, what they did over them. And then what he taught on, yeah, let's go after wholeness. Why not? And then we're going after that, man, and it's it's freaking awesome. So what it doesn't say here, what it doesn't say anywhere in Scripture, and he says it all the time, a righteous man falls down six times. But what happens? It gets up the seventh time. We have to stop giving up because we haven't seen it happen in our time. David waited 22 years to become king. From a prophet like Mark McGuire prophet, like Sammy Sosa, like not LeBron because he's not the goat. Uh, I'm talking like Michael Jordan. I'm talking Tom Brady. He had the goat prophet, the greatest of all time. It says not one word dropped to the ground. Samuel anointed this cat. And it took 22 years for him to become king. We can't wait three months for something. And what's crazy is David's got his mighty man. He's got a little gang going on, baby. He's got some crypts with him. 600 strong. He had 600 men. You know, Psalms 23 where it says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of the enemy. You know what that song's about? Literally, David was feasting in the camp of the Philistines. Did you cut the head off their champion. And years later, you're with them, camping out, hiding from Saul. What? Come on, man. And then David sets up at a place called Ziglag. He sets up at a place called Ziglag, and we're not gonna read it because uh, we're not, I'm not going through the whole thing. We don't need to unpack it. I'll just tell you the story. He goes to this place. Everything's going great. He's still not king yet. But you know what's funny is? I looked up the timeline, no one knows exactly when Ziglag happened, but they know it was between uh, 1012 BC and 1010. So 1010 is when he got crowned King of Judah. And here's the funny thing is, that wasn't the fulfillment of his promise. He was the King of Israel. It took another seven years. So right before his first breakthrough, so what I'm saying is his word didn't get fulfilled all at once. So right before he gets crowned king of Judah, guess what happens to him? Within a two-year window, because they don't know exactly when it's happened from the best of, of the timelines. I looked online when I was Googling, trying to find it. It was literally somewhere between 1012 to 1010 BC. Good old Amorites, Philistines, parasites, right? Bill Johnson says, all the Stankites, Right? They all all the bloods baby came in. And 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 David and his dudes were gone and they came in. And what they did, they burned the entire city, his entire encampment down, took the women and children, a lot like we're seeing in Israel now. Took the women and children, took all their money, all their ever their goods, and took off. So he comes back and his men turned on him. Talk about a relationship issue. They said they wanted to stone him because they lost. Imagine your kids being gone. This is your fault. If we wouldn't be running around hiding the cave from Saul, we freaking, you're supposed to be king. Why don't you just be king, right? I'm sure they're saying this stuff. So what did how did David respond to this? Did he say, oh, I'm going to give up. Oh, it's over. This is never good. I'm never going to be king. No. It said David, his heart is torn. His whole man turned on him. What did he do? He called for the ephod. He called the high priest and said, Ask for the ephod. You know what the ephod was? It was the priestly garment. And he wraps himself. Come on, you're a royal priesthood. You're a king and a priest. You know what I'm saying? You don't need a cloak to go pray in, but you're already clothed with it. So David calls for the ephod from the priest. Everyone wants to come after him. And he's, it says, But David, it said his own men wanted to stone him, but David did what? strengthened himself in the Lord, and he put the ephod on, and he started, I, I don't know what it looked like, but I'm sure he's probably sitting there like, Lord, he said I'd be king. The prophet of prophets, the goat, Michael Jordan came and anointed me with oil, and he said this, Lord, this doesn't look like this, and and Yahweh's probably sitting there. David, if you only know what's a year away from now, if you only know what's a, what's a year away from now, we won't even be having this conversation. And David's sitting there. Shoo, come on, he's sitting these things. He's probably reciting. He's like, Lord, you've been faithful. You saved me in the cave. Saul's tried to kill me a thousand times. He came looking for me in Ramah and he just got naked and prophesied. He sent fifty men that couldn't get me. We were in the cave. I was in the cave when he took a smash. I could have cut his clothes off. That's true. King Saul was using the bathroom in a cave and David came up and cut a little piece saying, could have got you sucker, but I didn't. So many times while he's being hunted, he reminded himself of what God said about him and testified of every situation God got him out of. He strengthened himself in the Lord. So then he gets strengthened in the Lord. You know what he says? Lord. I'm in a little mess here. But I, I reminded myself who I am and who you said I was. And that hasn't happened yet. So I know this can't be the end. My dudes aren't going to stone me because it hasn't been fulfilled yet. So what do I do? Do we go up after them? Because my own men want to take my life. You think you had a bad day. Can you imagine your entire city burned down and all your women and children gone? Took your money and everything? Whew. And then he hears a voice. It said, Lord spoke to David, Pursue, overtake, for surely you shall recover all. Pursue, overtake, surely you recover all. And some of us in the room need to remind ourselves how good that's what pre service prayer was about. It was like we need to testify and remind ourselves I've had too many things happen. <laughs> that prayer is not hilarious to me. Prayers, if you actually believe that God answers prayer, so why I don't even know why Christians struggle praying. He, he, I've just seen too many testimonies when he came through or answered prayer to be depressed and even, come on. We said Bill Johnson's wife years ago wrote Happy Intercessor. I want to write one called Hilarious Intercessor because it's actually fun when we pray for stuff and then the business comes in. It's actually fun. It's actually hilarious. We're in a car. Lord, Give us a house with a walking trail behind it. And next thing you know, one literally moves in my backyard. Right behind our neighborhood. Okay, we didn't have to move. You're you're even better than I thought. And I guarantee when I move, it'll happen again. Because that's how good he is. David strengthened himself and the Lord. You need to strengthen yourself. And we have to break off this foreboding spirit thing that expects everything to fall apart. If each, everyone, I don't care how bad it's gotten for you. If you actually would count your blessings and look what's going right, the cursing you think is going on, and the why is this happening? It's it's nowhere near the level of glory that you've encountered, than testimony that you have, and you have to remind yourself when things get rough and it looks like everything's burned to ground. You strengthen yourself in the Lord, and you just start saying, "That's again that pre-service prayer, God." It just keeps getting better. The more years I get, the more I realize you're better than I even thought you were last year. Why? Because I'm experiencing more of your glory. I'm experiencing more testimony after testimony. So what do we do? You got to believe who you are. Other than when things begin to fall apart, you know what you do? You rebuild. Sam builds a little tower, these little connected things. I don't even know what they are. Daddy, look, tower falls apart. He's like, mess. I'm like, yeah, better clean it up. And guess what he does? He builds it right back up again. Daddy, look, tower, tower. Come on, doesn't it say we enter the kingdom through childlikeness? So your marriage sucks? Build it again. Your finances suck? Rebuild it again. But I tried Dave Ramsey once. Rework it. Rework it. And you keep rebuilding no matter how many times the tower falls apart. And you look up, tower, yep, proud of you, son. I know you can do it, falls apart. Tower, proud of you, son. That's amazing. Rework it, rebuild, rework. And then when you continue to do that, guess what you do? You restored the marriage to its original intent. It may be even better than it was in the beginning. It may be better than it was because you're not just restoring it to the beginning of your honeymoon phase, you're restoring it to its original intent. And now my wife and I, man, we were so in love when we were engaged. We prayed all night. We're like shaka baba over the phone for like hours till four in the morning. And we're like, bless our Lord, reckon with the love. But everything was about ministry. We said it was about Jesus, it was about ministry. As we start going through the grind, we're married with ministry. It wasn't that easy. Because all your family could turn on you. Biological. We don't like you're doing this. You know what I'm saying? If we've all been through it. If you've ever been through that thing. But you know what's funny now? We had fun back then and it was, it was good. But now we could dream together. It's different. It's different. And now we don't get to just dream for us because of all you all. We get to dream for another for another boy that didn't have a place to go. We get to dream, and we get excited. Is he going to be like this? Is he going to be like this? And we're dreaming for him, and we're putting money away for him. So he never has to deal with anything. Why? Because I was born a pauper, but I'm living as a prince. My little thousand square foot house, my raggedy old car, it doesn't matter. I'll be a millionaire, you know why? Because I'm no longer a pauper. A pauper will take a palace and turn it into a prison. A prince... Like Joseph, will turn a prison into a palace. So cause, just because I'm not in my palace yet, it's okay. I'm as happy as I'm, I'm just as happy. in my little thing as I am going to be when I get the big house and the nice car and the house is paid off and there's no, we're, no other issues. We're, and we're dreaming about these things. What can we do next? We pay our car off right around the corner. We can pay our house off for a few years. Wow, what else can we do? Oh, we could do this in 10 years? Let me get the calculator. Let's look up. Oh, my gosh, this is so exciting. You mean I didn't have to play Powerball? Oh, my gosh. Not that I didn't buy a ticket. (laughs) Northgate. It only ends when you give up. And it only ends for as long as you give up. Believe in who you are. Whatever sucks in your life, trust me. things, Things happen to you. Rebuild it. But I've tried. Rework it. And if you keep those two things up, everything will be restored back to you to you're fully who you are. Put up Romans 8.28 and we're gonna, we're gonna end.
0: I saw an illustration while he was doing this. I don't know why you didn't read this last part. It's time to take back your life. It's what his last notes are here. I know he's just making space because he could see me chomping at the bit, but the last thing that he says here, it's time to take your life back. What is that life? The life that God gave you. It's time for you to take your life back. And it's time for you to restore a nation. What do I always say a nation is? Say it, it's a son. It's time for us to restore our kids but our kids won't ever be able to dream if we don't dream. Our kids won't be able to dream if we don't dream. Why could David do what David did? The Bible says that David's mighty men were a left-handed group. I love the left-handed teaching because all the soldiers were trained to put their knife on a certain side so that it could pull very fast. But they were left handed. They were, and they still looked. The amazing part is they looked like something they actually weren't. And once you got in proximity of them, oh, they're right handed warriors. No, they weren't. They were left handed. And in their authenticity, the enemy didn't know how to fight them. So David, as a king, surrounded himself. By a group that, yep, they look like the typical soldiers that that protect the king till you got in proximity of the king in proximity of them and then you realize there was something different about them. But David doesn't become king without a father willing to, watch, maturity, without a father willing to speak to a prophet and say, there he is. Your dreams, Romans 8, 28, so we are convinced that word is huge. So we are, this all goes back to what I talked in the beginning. Your dreams are found in your friends. Better yet, your dreams are found in the ones that you call covenant family that go from friendship to covenant. Because now it's for sickness and in health, richer for poor, till death do we part. I'm ready to crawl through the gravel with you. I'm ready to go the distance with you. Do you know what that is? I'm convinced I'm convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan. You have got to quit. Come here, Nate. You have to quit thinking that the intersections of life means you're going in the same direction because you're in the same place at the same time. This is called a relationship. Relationship. I told the kids this is a piece I left out the Holy Spirit brought to me. I said, we're calling traffic jams relationships. People that we're in a dead stop with because of an accident, because of trouble, because of worries, and because something has forced me to be in the same place with them, I'm calling them friend. But as soon as the mess is cleared up, we don't have anything in common, and now we're going in separate directions. Good, and sit down. We are continually, we fit together into God's perfect plan of bringing good, bringing good, not complaining, not worry, not strife, bringing good into our lives. There's somebody you just get on a phone with and it's worry. Stop answering. You say you got a cold and they say you got cancer. My God, somebody I knew once had the sniffles and next thing you know, they died. I'm not talking to you anymore. I'm not coming in agreement. That is not God's plan. My plan is interwoven with another person. David's life was first interwoven with a father that allowed a prophet to, he allowed the prophet to speak into his life. He never would have became a king if the father did not let right spiritual authority. I'm telling you, it's important mom and dad of who you let your kids hang out with and who you let speak into their life. It's, you're the parent. When right authority's in the place, most of you were probably like, oh my God, what is he about to do? Do you know what kids you're trying to bring into the adult service? No, I know what leader I am. I know the leader that I am. I won't allow nonsense to take off. And I didn't. First of all, I knew how to engage them. Pull them in. Once I had their attention, they were fine. Once they knew who was in charge. If David doesn't know who his father is and the father doesn't know who he is, he doesn't allow the prophet to speak into his life. There's an order to this. There's a father, watch. Coulter, come here, buddy. He's like, my God, what are we gonna have to do? not you stand right here. Buggy, come here. Over here. T-Bone, over here. Jeremiah, over here. Are you in this room convinced that these four can pick me up? Anybody? Is anybody? Is anybody convinced? Raise your hand if you think that those four boys together in synergy can pick me up. You know what I'm going to tell you? I don't think so. Go ahead, boys. Get on a corner. No, get on a corner. Watch. Do I agree that they're going to be able to move me? Go.
1: Three, two, one. Set it down.
0: Watch, that's called synergy. I also coach every single one of these boys. Watch this. There was only a handful that actually believed in my left-handers. Do you know that's how you're operating in life? God has put amazing people in your path and you don't believe in them. That's why who you trust. See, I could have sit and I told you, I, I don't know if they're going to, I don't know if I'm convinced, but you want to know what showed that I was convinced, even though I told you? See, too many times, you listen to too many people. I told you I wasn't convinced. If I wasn't trusting, I wouldn't have sat my butt down. <laughs> and I had no idea what was going to happen. You know where this little illustration came from? Sitting right here. If you don't have A father's voice, a prophet, a friend in Jonathan, and left-handers that are authentic surrounding you, you'll never be able to sit as a king. And some of us are just trying to get away with having one close friend. And it said that I'm convinced that every detail of my life is continually woven together to fit into God's plan of bringing What, say it, good, good, bringing good into my life. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed plan. I'm telling you right now, if they're not throwing good fire into you, you're gonna end up fulfilling something other than his plan. You're gonna fulfill somebody's ambitious plan. Because you feel manipulated to be their friend, I gotta hang out. I got. We went to school together. We, we, you don't understand. We, we did all this together. We did. We did. Are they throwing good fire at you that will bring forth your dream? And guess what happens? Well, brother, you're making it all about your dream. No, my dream will actually be his dream. And his dream will actually be his dream. And his dream will actually be his dream because from, watch, from Jesse to Samuel to Jonathan to the left-handed company that ran with David, they all wanted a king. But the prophet told him, you don't want just any king. You want God's perfect plan. And God's perfect plan was David, not Saul. And if you don't watch it, stand up. Come here, Nate. Like using him all day. If you don't watch it, now when they could be carrying David. There's still men of honor that'll carry Saul. And God loves you enough that when you're carrying a weight that is the wrong thing, He'll let you carry it for a season to realize it's not what you wanted the whole time, and He'll replace it with a David. That's how faithful is. But what happens when He parades it with beloved identity? You start dreaming again the nation dreamed different with David than they did with Saul. And what was wrong with Saul? Nothing. If Saul would have actually stayed with the prophet like he was supposed to, if he'd have stayed connected to a spiritual father the way he should have been, he actually could have ruled like David did. But nobody taught Saul the importance of friendship and covenant family. So Saul viewed relationships as friendships and they were perverted because that's why when Saul was king and God placed a David in his life, when he was tormented by his thoughts and he was tormented by his way of life, it was only David's... Don't tell me your worship's not important when you come in here because there's some Saul's that are going through some things that God has a plan for too. But Saul can only be calmed in his inner world when a David lifts his voice and plays his harp. So I leave you with this tonight. Put Ecclesiastes back up there. Just stay here. I'm asking you this. Who are you running with? Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Do you know what my greatest labor should be? Not trying to get you to love me. Us putting our hands to something together because I see who you are. I see who you are. And sometimes just because dynamite comes in small packages, I think some of you in this room really truly believe they couldn't pick me up. And you know what? That's okay. Because there's really truly some people around you that don't believe in you. But God actually puts people around you that does believe in you. And you know what you need to do? Stand up. You to sit down. You need to relax and trust. How do you know who you're supposed to run Romans 8.28 with? when you can trust them. But I'm telling everybody in this room, you'll never trust others if you don't trust yourself. You're gonna have to trust yourself. Can you trust yourself still for the dream in this room? Or are you starting to give up? I'm not talking ministry stuff, man. I'm talking about the house, the marriage, the bank account. Trenton, you know how to turn that pad on, don't you? I want you to go up there and just begin to play. Why, why, why am I having Trenton do it and not Armin tonight? Because I feel like you guys need a moment. Armin labors in this house. Two is better than one. I trust you. I trust you. But let's take a moment tonight and let Holy Spirit make you believe in yourself that you can trust you. Come on. That thought has come. That thought has come. Everybody hear me in this room. The thought has come. David honored Saul well. A man who helped calm his inner world. At one point, insecurity gets the best of Saul and he starts thinking he's going to be a better king than me. of being a solid leader and seeing big picture see real leadership and go I hope you're better than me songs begin to be sung Saul kills his thousands but David kills tens of thousands some of you have heard that song and don't even realize it you know when you've heard it when somebody else gets praise and you don't? What about me? What about my family? What about us? I told you that what's in it for me will get you. It's time to put that Goliath to rest. Because Romans 8, 28 says it all works together. We're all interwoven for God's plan. A celebration of the Yeltons today is a celebration of the Meniches tomorrow. A celebration of Bibi today is a celebration of Cookie tomorrow. A celebration of the Harbaugh's today is a celebration of the McDowells tomorrow. The question is, who will you connect yourself with? And what I'm not gonna do is when I hear somebody else get celebrated, pick up a spirit. I'm not gonna pick up a spear towards another family in this room or in this city, and then I'm not definitely gonna pick up a spear. And you've thought about it when your spouse gets celebrated. What about me? How do I know that? Look who this woman is. I'm being real. Our kingdom family loves her. You don't think the thoughts come, what about you, Jimmy? What about you? Make you want to pick up a spear, but I know who she is, and that's where real relationship comes. She's never tried to one up me. She's never tried to embarrass me, and that's where her beloved identity comes. Like David, just keep honoring. Just keep honoring the. I'm not good enough. That that God that has to come to rest in this house has to. You are kings. You are called in this house for this region and for your families to rebuild, to rework, to restore. You have been chosen. Not just for a city and a region and a generation. But I'm telling you across the board, it's time for a generation to see marriages that have been rebuilt, reworked. It's time for dreams and entrepreneuring Don't give up on the big picture. You're not finished. You're not finished. Don't quit not here, not now. You don't know what's going to happen in the next year. You don't know what's going to happen in the next month, but you're going to have to believe in you. And you're going to have to believe the God of the universe just didn't save you so you don't burn in a lake of fire. He wants you to be a representation of heaven on earth. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to have favor. He wants you to be loved. But the only way you'll feel loved the way you should be is surround yourself with people that can lift you up even when the world thinks they can't lift you up even when your own family thinks that those people can't lift you up but what have you done I want to be around somebody that has enough Jesus in them greater is he than anything that's in the world greater is this young man the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in him God will do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask and think and He'll do it through Coulter and He'll do it through Tatum and He'll do it through Tyler and He'll do it through Jeremiah and He'll do it through you. If I can believe in the future, I have to believe in the right now. Because they're not going to believe they can do great unless they see us do it. They're not going to believe unless we show them And that tonight from worship on was a whole illustration of what you just believing and I'm okay with being the leader in this season to show you hey this is the way it's got to be done but it can't just start watch it can't just stay here it's got to come into connection and covenant family to where they start believing too and then as we raise those two up those two should go raise two up so that way I can go raise somebody else up and then as they raise two up it's not about calling people spiritual mom and dad this is about taking the testimony of Jesus and believing God made you for his plans on earth you hear anything You're getting stirred so I think Mike's final words are perfect It's time to take your life back. It's time to take your life back tonight. It's time to take your marriage back. It's time to take your family back. It's time to take it back tonight. Take your dreams back. God is passionate about you. Take it back. And don't let a relationship or the world come steal your dreams from your family. Don't stand up for what and who you believe in. Most importantly, believe in your God and believe in you. Believe in this. Believe in this. I just want to do this. I want us to close our eyes. Trent, that's a perfect song selection. He loves us. Oh, how he loves us. I don't want you to guess what your spouse is going to do. If you're single, this is easy. But if you're married, sometimes this becomes the struggle. I don't don't know if I want everybody to know. But listen, we got to be real with ourselves because God loves you. Is there an area in your life you feel like you're the whisper? before I even said we're going to raise our hands that shows me they want to dream huge there's another hand and another one quit letting people that won't lift you up tell you you're not good enough there's another hand come on this is where we get vulnerable with Holy Spirit I want to dream big again slip those hands up all over this room I'm done hearing the whisper, I'm gonna quit. Or if this would happen and that would happen, I'm telling you, good's coming. Good's coming. Good's coming. If you don't have your hand raised, I want you to just begin to pray. Nika, come up here. Please keep your eyes closed while people are praying with certain people. I want you to just pray right here. Whew. Taylor and Talani, I want you to go pray over there. Come on, pray for those that there's hands up all over this room. There's hands up all over this room. else. I'm done hearing the whisper. Just give up. Just quit. Just throw in the towel. No. 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 Come on. There are teenagers up here just getting wrecked with this. (sighs) Adults. Come on. Come on. Pray for those in the room that I'm trying to conceal this as much as I can for privacy. But some of you in the room know what it was like. I'm just going to quit on this marriage or quit on this and quit on that and quit this job and quit my company no man, don't you give up if you're watching my live stream don't give up on what you love don't give up on what you're dreaming about don't, don't give up you can do this God put that in you for a reason you can accomplish this you can finish the dream You can finish this. You're strong enough. You're smart enough. You can do this. You can do this. And you don't have to feel obligated to drag certain people with you because they've actually made you not feel good enough. So God, we thank you that you're rekindling the dream again and you're giving us hope. God, we thank you for your hope that you've placed in our hearts the dreams you've put in our minds. Just like these four young men, it may not look like you thought it was gonna look but God's going to put the right people around you to accomplish this Jason and Deanna, it's not going to look the way you thought it was going to look but God's going to put the right people around you I saw a maturity in your sister today she's going to be a major piece of what you guys do in Ravenna there was a major shift in her today she's going to be a pillar for y'all I, I feel it man She is going to be a pillar for you. She's going to help rescue women out of despair as she lets God do a deep work in her like he did this morning. Don't give up. God, build trust. Build trust in us. Build trust in us. Come on, tomorrow, tomorrow we get to look in the mirror and be confident. Tomorrow we get to look in the mirror and dream. Tomorrow's a new day. Don't you live in the past? Don't you live in yesterday? And you are not at the finish line. You are not at the finish line. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. The house is coming. The marriage is coming. The job is coming. The raise is coming. The promotion is coming. The baby is coming. Come on. Come on. Somebody dare to believe. Dare to believe. The business is nowhere near finished. The business is nowhere near finished. is nowhere finished the family is not finished it is not finished this is not the finish line this is not the finish line says the Lord come on put Romans 8 28 up there for me if your spouse is next to you I want you to grab their hand because as much as I love friends and as much as I love covenant family I'm so convinced that the one I married come on hold their hand. be convinced today that every detail of your marriage is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our marriage. For we are His lovers who have been called to fill God's designed purpose it's just getting started it's just getting started her dreams are getting awoken it's what you've been praying for about to see some amazing things happen Whew been in the same place at the same time and some things are about to shift you're going to find out in the next several months your value because God is going to speak to you and he's going to speak through me and Tina and your husband so that you see how valuable you are and you'll start to recognize imposters you feel it not being run over anymore. I'm telling you, if I could fight in the Spirit, I would fight. No longer are you allowed to be ran over. You don't have to fix them because God's put a builder's mind in you to dream. It's the Spirit moving in her. God's bringing you alive and God's bringing her alive. We honor you and your rest. We honor your rest, Delilah, and we honor your sleep. We honor your sleep, sweetheart. We honor your rest. It's one of the first miracles we begin to see in your home was your sleep and your rest, You're precious So take a moment, honor the miracles in the journey of your homes and in your life. Honor the miracles. Honor the miracles. God, supply cookies wrestling room with everything it needs. Supply it. Supply it. Supply it with everything you need. God, use the Skinesni name to get Cookie everything he needs. For our sons in this house to be able to go and get mentored. I honor everything in Streetsville, but we need private mentorship so that you can begin to tell some of those boys about the goodness of God so they'll quit having anxiety every time they face adversity. It's God that's gonna deal with these boys' anxiety. Tell them in practice to get tougher and get meaner. It's when they find out how loved they are. And then it won't even matter if they win or lose. Whew. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For the dreams of this house. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Believe in yourself. As your grandson, not stop singing was okay I want you to hear me this Wendy's grandson was okay with just making a sound he didn't need words he just wanted to hum the melody and something inside of him wouldn't let him be quiet be okay with not knowing the words but knowing the melody Be okay with not knowing what's to come. But trust in the Lord. Be okay with not having to know everything. But knowing the one that does know everything. How do you get that confident? I'm going to tell you how you get that confident. Get in your seat. The Bible says that you are seated with Jesus. From this perspective, all things become new. And it's not a seat on the ground. It's a seat of ascension. One of the greatest ways for you to start believing in yourself is trusting the Jesus of the people God's placed around your seat. It makes it easy for me when I spend a lot of time with Big like. It makes it easy for me when I spend a lot of time with different men in this room. It makes it easy for me to know that Mark and Brad and Bobby, Covenant family are a phone call away when I need good news. Listen to me. When I need good news, not somebody to decide with my negativity, Family will crawl with you in the mud and then tell you, it's time to get up. It's not not who you are. It's not who you are. It's time to get up. That's a real friend. That's a real friend. That's real family. Amen. This was beautiful. The whole day was beautiful. I'm telling everybody right now, the Sunday mornings are phenomenal. And we're going to do them next week with the Townsends and men and them here. Getting those two and their wives in just in a prophetic, all gloves off. Anytime there's a prophetic river with Ben and Jason, like you're you're getting baptized. I'm just telling you right now. You're, you're in fire. Like, it's going down. Like, it's going to be awesome. And Nathan and, or sorry, Ethan and Landon are going to be here as well. Like, it's just, it's it's legacy, man. It's legacy. I can make sure we're in prayer all week for those families as they travel. Ben is driving from Iowa. I think he says like seven or eight hours. They'll be driving uh, here. And, uh Jason and them will be flying in they ain't drive. they ain't drive. I, I don't drive Jason don't drive I've done it to me don't do it don't do it don't do it and then hopefully this week we'll be getting our new uh, van it should be in this week and so be looking for that and so I want to tell everybody because of what happened out here I'm going to have the church either concrete or gravel a portion at my house so we can park the vans there I would prefer it to be concreted. So if Joe's got to come over and work on the vans, it it just makes life a little bit easier. But right now within the city, we can't leave our stuff out there for it to be vandalized. And us, literally, those are brand new tires on the van. And it's going to cost us about $1,000 to renew that. It's probably going to cost us maybe, what, two grand for just a little slab of concrete, two to three so it's just better to just do that than to keep paying for vandalism you ready for this God bless those abundantly that vandalized our stuff Bible says pray for your enemies why would you pray blessings on them because once they begin to see the goodness of God then I believe reconciliation will come in their heart reconciliation will come in their heart and they'll come to make their wrong right and you know what we'll do love them Loved him. That lets you know Jesus has done a big work in Jimmy's heart. Matter of fact, everything I'm going through right now in this city, God has done a major transformation in me that I have not knocked on somebody's door and praise God. Praise God. Praise God. No live stream needs to hear this because there's some people in this city that think I'm a monster and this is a cult. I promise you in this city, if you need us, we're there. Whether good or bad. Whether whether what you think about us. If you need Jesus, you need God, we're there for you. Because all things work together for good. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the Northgate. If you would like to donate to this ministry, please go to www.thenorthgateoh.com and click on the link at the bottom of the homepage.